Well, good morning, everyone. Thank you for the words of encouragement and the uh, prayers. Mean a lot to me. Gotta say, I've I've really been looking forward to to getting this first sermon over with, and uh, maybe soon you'll be feeling the same way. I hope not. Uh, I thought I'd start with uh, a little bit of trivia. The the store Lowe's, uh, the home furnishing, uh, uh, carpentry, whatever store. What's its slogan? Does anyone know its slogan? Close, not quite. Never stop improving. Yeah. They they uh, they switched to that slogan back in in 2011. And uh, of course, it, it works well for them because they're hoping you never stop buying their merchandise. But uh, it's, it's a good slogan for us Christians to take to heart, too. And uh, about a year and a half ago, as you all know, me and Colleen bought a house. And soon after we bought it, we had a lot of improvements made to it, even before we moved in. Uh, we had new windows put in. We had some kind of minor grading done out back. Uh, we painted the kitchen cabinets, put down some new vinyl, had the entryway to our living room widened, thanks to Michael. A lot of stuff that, that we got done even before we moved in. There's a lot of work that needs to be done yet to our house. Uh, some of these things are a bigger deal than others, but there's stuff like... Um, one of the gutters needs some attention. Uh, there's some metal missing off the gables. A chimney needs to be cleaned. That's a fairly important one. And uh, at some point in the not-too-distant future, we're going to need a new roof. Now, maybe you've noticed this too, especially you homeowners, but uh, when company comes over, you, you tend to kind of see things in a new light, and you're reminded of some things that need to get done that, that haven't gotten done yet. And uh, sometimes company helps us get things done that we wouldn't get done otherwise. Now this weekend we're having family over, so it didn't have as much of an impact. But uh, you can kind of see where I'm going with this analogy that we're all a little bit like um, my house. After we became Christians, God worked some amazing changes in us. Uh, many improvements, transformation, but I think we would all agree that there are probably some still some, some blemishes yet, uh, still ground to be won. Uh, and I'd like to start off here this morning in, in James chapter 1. This is a, a familiar passage to you while we're talking about blemishes here. You ch turn to James chapter 1. Starting at verse 19. James 1, verse 19. So then, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. For the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. 
Therefore lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man, observing his natural face in a mirror. For he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it, and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what he does. If anyone among you thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue but deceives his own heart, this one's religion is useless. Pure and undefiled religion before God and the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their trouble and to keep oneself unspotted from the world. Now in this passage, James is talking about a mirror, and he points out some potential blemishes that we might see in it, things like wrath and filthiness and unbridled speech and worldliness. Now, mirrors is a good first step if, if you've got a problem on your face, if there's food on your face. A mirror will show you the location of the problem, uh, the extent of it, and give you some idea about what you can do about it, right? But James here is making the point that a mirror in itself uh, has no effect on your appearance, just looking at it. Just looking at a problem doesn't make it go away. Uh, it'd be really handy if it did, because my house would be in a lot better shape by now. And we don't expect just looking in the mirror to, to make problems go away or mirrors to do our work for us. It's a little easier to imagine that reading the Bible or listening to sermons could have some good effect in, in us because it is, it is such a good thing to do. But unless it actually moves us to some kind of action, uh, it really has no effect. And, and uh, you know, I might as, might as well spend my time outside staring at my roof and expecting new shingles to magically appear. So whether it's, whether it's fixing, uh, making improvements to my house, or, or dealing with things that I see in my heart, either way, I, I do have some part to play in that. Of course, God is, is the one that ultimately gives us the power to, to make these improvements. Now, my goal for, for this message is that, in, in view of revival meetings starting tomorrow evening, uh, there's no doubt in my mind that God is going to use Brian to show us some things in a new light, kind of like having company over, uh, that we'll see some things that maybe could use some improvement. I know I will. Uh, whether it's in the, anger, in the area of, of anger or impatience or harsh speech or impurity or whatever. And, and my goal is that we could come to the point where we could uh, say that what, when God points out something in my life next week, that I'll be willing to tackle it. And, and not just say, like sometimes I do, that you know I, I really ought to do better. Um, 
I found that it's, it's easy to, to think about doing better with actually, without actually resolving to do anything different. So, uh, in, in view of revival meetings starting, let's, let's be willing to tackle these, these blemishes. Here's kind of the outline that I have for this message. First, we'll look at an example of, of someone who had a blemish and did not deal with it. Then we'll look at some reasons for why we maybe look in the mirror and tend to walk away and, and not make changes. Uh, then we'll look at why we should uh, deal with these things we see in the mirror. And then, uh, and then in the end, what are some steps we should take next week if, if uh, we are spoken to? Now, I want to uh, flip back to, to 1 Samuel chapter 2 for, for an example of someone who had a problem and, and did not deal with it correctly. First Samuel chapter 2, I've just got a couple verses here. This is about Eli the high priest. Now, normally we give, we think of Eli pretty negatively and for good reasons, but um, there are some good things about him I'd like to point out. First, um, he was, he showed kindness to Hannah and Elkanah. He uh, blessed them and God answered his blessing. He was appreciative of Samuel, the work that Samuel did in the temple. Eli was a perceptive man. He realized what was going on in the middle of the night when God was speaking to Samuel and he gave Samuel some really wise advice. He, uh, he accepted the judgment that, that was spoken through Samuel to, to Eli. Doesn't show any anger at Samuel. Doesn't show animosity towards Samuel as Samuel was gaining popularity, at least that we know of. So these are just some of Eli's good traits, good character traits, things he had going in, in his favor, uh, traits I would like to have in my life. But he had a, a major problem. And this, uh, 1 Samuel chapter 2, starting at verse 29, this is a man of God coming to Eli and, and has this message from God. This is before Samuel even had the warning. Verse 29, Why do you kick at my sacrifice and my offering which I have commanded in my dwelling place and honor your sons more than me to make yourselves fat with the best of all the offerings of Israel, my people. Therefore, the Lord God of Israel says, I said indeed that your house and the house of your father would walk before me forever. But now the Lord says, far be it from me. For those who honor me, I will honor and those who despise me shall be lightly esteemed. So Eli's problem was that he honored his sons more than God. Uh, Eli did rebuke his sons, but whatever he did was, was apparently not enough. And I don't know what, what more Eli should have done or could have done, but that, that's not really the point. The point is that he should have done something and, and didn't, didn't take drastic enough action. Now what astonishes me is that Eli was warned twice. He was first by this man of God and then by Samuel. He said that, you know, judgment is coming. Now, sometimes when people hear judgment is coming, they do like Ahab did and uh, the people of Nineveh. They repent, right? Good choice. And God can, 
you know, may change his mind about the judgment or, or put it off or reduce it or whatever. But Eli apparently does nothing. It's mind-boggling to me that he would do nothing. Um, so it's, you know, God's word came to him twice, but had little to no effect. Kind of like he looked in the mirror and, and ambled off. So uh, that, that is an example of someone we do not want to follow. Now, why? let's talk about why it's easy to look in the mirror and walk off without making any changes. Before we're too hard on Eli, maybe. <clears throat> Let me give you some reasons why I think um, I, I can see the tendency in myself to, to put off dealing with issues and some of the reasons why. The first one is, I think we can get used to them, kind of like uh, an eyesore in the, in the house. It's commonplace. You see it day after day. You don't think about it anymore. There's some light fixtures in our house that are kind of unattractive. And when we first moved in, it was, seemed like a high priority. Let's get rid of these. But we put it off. And, and now as you know, months go by, it, it doesn't quite stand out to us the same way as it did originally. And same thing can happen to us spiritually. We can get used to our problems. Another reason why we may not deal with them is because we've tried before and it hasn't worked so well. Um, I, have, uh, I have two smoke alarms. If you shouldn't really even call them smoke alarms. They're, they're really ancient mechanical fire alarms. The way they work is you wind them up and when the temperature in the room gets hot enough, some little metal expands or something and a trigger, some catch is released and it starts ringing the alarm. As you can imagine, by that time, we probably would have all died of smoke inhalation. It's not a, not a real, um, not a real uh, effective alarm, but they're really unattractive too. And so I was trying to get one of these down with a hacksaw blade. And I can't see behind, uh, I could not see how it's fastened onto the wall, but it's fastened on very securely somehow. Somebody did a really serious about putting this thing up. And I didn't have a, a sawzall, so I was working at it with just a hacksaw blade and uh, fighting with the thing for I don't know how long, and finally I just gave up. I could not cut through whatever piece of metal was fastening this thing to the wall. So it's still hanging there. It's a blemish for sure, but uh, I, I kind of got tired of trying. Sometime I'll, I'll try again. That's one reason why we maybe can put up with, with, some, with some flaws we see in ourselves because we've, we've tried before and haven't had success. Another reason why is, is because maybe we've got some distractions in our lives, other things taking our energy. Uh, I think it might be a true statement to say that if, if we're settling for less in our spiritual walk, uh, maybe there's some other area where we should be settling for less and aren't. Now, one, I just want to put in one comment for, for balance here. Uh, an extreme that we could arrive at that I want us to avoid is where we're super sensitive about every little imperfection we see in our life and are so bent out of shape by it 
that we kind of lost the joy of, of being a Christian and lost our security and uh, forgotten that God is merciful and loving and, and very patient. So I don't want us to end up at that point. The point here is, is not perfection. It's, it's about surrender and, and being willing to, to do something about these problems. I'll give you a couple reasons why I think we should tackle these these spiritual shortcomings, why if we are spoken to next week, we should do something about them. Number one is uh, our shortcomings do affect the the church family. Um, A a personal, uh, a high level of, of tolerance for our personal faults can be discouraging to others if, if they see them, and uh, at, at worst, it could, could be catching. So if you love your church, you should try to be all that, that we can be. Um, you know, if someone comes up to you and asks you, uh, is there, maybe you're going through a hard time or something, and, and the person asks you, is there anything I can do to help? I would not recommend answering, just be a better person. But in reality, that is one of the most important things we can do for each other, is resolving to, to be what we can, all that we can be in Christ. Well, I think, you know, we do all sorts of nice things for each other, whether it's taking each other uh, casseroles or helping each other move or cleaning out houses or, or whatever. But of all the thoughtful things we can do for each other, uh, taking this week of revival meetings to heart has got to be one of the most important. Another reason why we should uh, take these seriously is because they can affect our ability to reach out to others. Um, not that not that we need to be perfect people before we reach out to others, but if there is something that, that we're not being surrendered about, it, it can have an impact on, on how, good, how well we are at, at being a light. Spiritual blemishes can also lead to, to uh, spiritual doldrums, if I can call it that, and that uh, can make this, the Christian life kind of dull and, and boring. Back in James chapter 15, where, or John chapter 15, where Jesus talks about abiding in the vine, he uses some phrases I think is very interesting. In verse 7, he says, If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. Notice, and my words abide in you. Now, if you take that, that phrase and compare it to the phrase we just looked at in, in James chapter 1, you can't help but make the conclusion that if we're content with what we see in the mirror and don't make any changes, we're not letting his word abide in us, right? And at some point, it must be having an impact on our connection to the vine, which, which means that we're less vibrant spiritually. I sometimes wonder if, if our own tolerance for our shortcomings could be the answer to the question that gets asked in that song that says, where 
is the blessedness I knew when first I saw the Lord. Um, the, the final reason why we need to take these seriously is because at some point, uh, our, our shortcomings can become a danger to us spiritually. Uh, a blemish can become a rash. And in Second Peter, I'm not going to, you don't have to turn there, I'll just, just read one verse from there, but Peter talks quite a bit about spiritual growth and the need for spiritual growth. And uh, in, in the first chapter, he talks about all these things you need to be adding to, your, to yourself spiritually. And in verse 10, he says, Therefore, my brothers and sisters, make every effort to confirm your calling and election, for if you do these things, you will never stumble. And the implication is that maybe if we're not making every effort and starting to get careless, maybe it could lead to stumbling. And you're familiar with what Paul had to say in, in 1 Corinthians 9, where he talks about the race. He says, I do not run aimlessly. I do not box as one beating the air, but I pummel my body and subdue it, lest after preaching to others, I myself should be disqualified. And Paul, of all people, hard to imagine him ever being in any danger of being disqualified. So our shortcomings can be a danger to our, ourselves, to our own uh, spiritual state. Now, next week, if, if God speaks to, to us about something, uh, here are a few things that me, we may want to do. Some of them we, we definitely should do. And uh, these all start with S, and I don't know if that makes it easier to remember or harder, but that's how I chose this. The first one is that we need to surrender. And, and it can't be the kind of surrender that I can sometimes give in to, which is, Lord, I'll do anything, but there are some restrictions. Some restrictions apply. Uh, surrender is never a, a passive thing for a Christian. It's, it always means uh, that we're going to be we're surrendering to do something. That's the first one. Secondly, we need to seek, seek God's direction and his strength. We need to seek God's wisdom because, you know, I'm talking in very general terms here about different shortcomings or flaws that we need to deal with, and obviously I'm not going into specifics. So whatever problem that we are facing, we need to seek God's wisdom for what, what do we need to do about this? What, what steps do we need to take to get it resolved? We need to seek His strength and and invest in our relationship with Him because ultimately this is not about uh, self-discipline or, or willpower. It's about uh, our connection to the vine and, and the, the victory that comes from the vine. Thirdly, we need to study God's Word. I think it would be a good exercise. If, if I'm convicted about something next week, it would be a good exercise for me to take note of, of what it was that stood out to me that convicted me in the first place, find some verses about it, and, and memorize them. For instance, if it's about speech, uh, the verse that we read in, in James, where it talks about, if anyone among you thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue but deceives his own heart, this one's religion 
is useless. That would be a great verse to, to have in your memory if, if you're having trouble with harsh language. So study God's Word. Jesus showed us that using God's Word uh, is a weapon that we can use against temptation. We need to scrutinize our priorities. Maybe there's, maybe there's some other things that are pulling us away from, from taking care of business spiritually. If fixing the gutter on my house is important enough to me, be willing to give up some time in, in the uh, easy chair reading uh, my favorite magazine or whatever. Apparently it's not important enough yet because I haven't done it. But we need to scrutinize our lives and, and see what are some things that are, that are maybe pulling us away from, from uh, tackling these projects. Jesus said, if your right hand offends you, cut it off. Here's another S. Share your struggle. Everyone remembers the verse in, in James chapter 5 that says, the fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. But it wasn't until recently that I remembered that uh, the verse starts with, confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that you may be healed. I haven't done this nearly enough, but... I have found that in the times when, I, when I've been humble enough to confess that I need prayer or help, that um, it, is, it is effective. It's, it's like switching from a sawzall blade to a, uh, to a real power tool for getting rid of things. Finally, we need to set our expectations. There's a, there's a few expectation, expectations that we should have. One is that Realize it could take some time. Uh, there could be some setbacks. But more importantly, that God is able to do this work in us. And He will do His work. He, he will be faithful. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1, um, you can turn there if you like. starting at verse 4, 1 Corinthians 1, verse 4, where it talks about God's faithfulness and doing this work in our lives. I thank my God always concerning you for the grace of God which was given to you by Christ Jesus, that you were enriched in everything by Him in all utterance and all knowledge, even as the testimony of Christ was confirmed in you, so that you come short in no gift, eagerly waiting for the revelation of our Lord Jesus Christ, who will also confirm you to the end that you may be blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful by whom you were called into the fellowship of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. We can expect that if we're surrendered and, and, and we're open to God doing his work and open to making whatever changes we need to make, God is going to be faithful and do His part and help us get past whatever we're struggling with. Well, in conclusion, my house is useful. It's adequate. Uh, it's, I'm glad I have it. But there's still a lot of work that needs to be done in there. And my expectation is that a year from now, my house will be a, 
in better shape than it is now. And I hope that the same thing can be said about me spiritually a year from now uh, for all of us. And uh, maybe even next week already we'll be in better shape. So let's never stop improving. And as we go into this week of revival meetings, let's be willing to tackle whatever we might see in the mirror. Thanks for your attention.